Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Gandia. In this week's episode, I sit down with Derek and Fabian from Men's League. Uh, Men's League is a local initiative that Derek and Fabian started in Calgary, and their objective was to create a space of vulnerability for other men based on their own personal experiences. Uh, In this episode, Derek, Fabian, and I talk about how men can be more vulnerable, why it's so hard for men to really express themselves, and how together we can uh, collaborate and support other men. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode, and if at the end you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. So got Fabian and Derek today from the Men's League uh, initiative. So welcome to the podcast. Uh, super grateful for you guys to take the time today and and have this conversation with me today. Uh, you know, we touched offline a little bit and it sounds like we're kind of on the same path around men's mental health. But uh, before we get started, I want to give you guys both an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself and the work you're doing. So we'll go with Fabian first. All right, awesome, Anna. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, I'm always grateful for the space to talk about uh, this kind of an initiative. Uh, my name is Fabian Warner, uh, one of the founders of Men's League. Uh, lived in Calgary my whole life, born and raised, um, and really looking forward to jumping into this conversation because it's it's both something I'm very passionate about and it's something that's quite personal to me as well for multiple reasons that I'm sure we'll get into in the show, but. Uh, like I said before, appreciate the space, appreciate the invite to come on and talk about this kind of stuff. And uh, we'll always be down for future conversations as well. Yeah, cool. And Derek, how about you? Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited about it as well. I mean, you guys are, um, I mean, and by you guys, I mean like us and, and you yourself, we have so much in common. And what we figured out offline when we were talking about that, like that really stood out really quickly. So I'm excited to to continue the conversation to dive into it yeah and, and what got you into this space Derek uh, I know we talked about it a little bit but you know like the whole initiative around men's league and, and some of the work you're doing like what what kind of ignited that for you yeah man and and um great question I mean it, it stemmed from a night uh with a few close friends that uh we were sitting around on on one new year's eve and um just sharing stories and talking, talking depths. We had a few old fashions in us and some nice steak and, you know, the clock struck 12 and we, you know, we, we enjoyed ourselves, man. And, and uh, the, the, the idea kind of stemmed from that. That was when it was first pitched. And um, I'll be honest, it was Fabian that, that came up with the idea and he, and he had presented it to us that night. I mean, that night there was four close friends sitting around a table. So we were sharing all sorts of things and it kind of had a vibe of men's league to it almost in itself and unbeknown to us at that point, but sitting around the table, sharing real stories and Fabian and brought this up. And it was something that instantly clicked, clicked for me. Like it touched my heart, almost touched my mind. It instantly, I was engaged and was like, Whoa, yeah, cool. Like not that it's a good business idea or that it's, you know, it, like it was more like, I relate to that idea so much. I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I mean, as they say, the rest is history. But, um, you know, that was the night that they that, that it kind of started. And that's what kind of 
engaged me in in men's league was was that first conversation hearing Fabian talk about it with passion and and why he you know what why he came up with the idea and what what was it um what was it that was within him that felt like this was a good idea and that that was something that he wanted to do um that really triggered me and fired me up because I could relate to it and I immediately started to tie it back to certain experiences in my life and and it just it felt like a great calling so um that's yeah man that's how that's how it all started yeah yeah and I guess for listeners like what is men's league like what is it all about uh what is what are some of the things you guys are doing like maybe share some of that yeah okay um so men's league is is a community I mean it's it's based in Calgary Alberta and it's a community we're trying to build a community to to have men increase their, their ability to be vulnerable and share stories with each other. And I think you're going to see once Fabian gets on the mic here and shares his story specifically why it means so much to us, um, creating that space for men to, to safely talk about some real shit, like the real stuff. We both, Fabian and I both grew up sports guys, athletes, and, you know, been around rooms and change rooms and locker rooms and school and, you know, all sorts of different areas and, and guys were never talking about some of the stuff that was actually causing damage. And it, it as you get older, the, the, it builds on itself, man. And mm-hmm. some of this, some of these things were causing serious harm to people that we really cared about. And so it kind of came to like, enough is enough. Let's do something about it. So we've created this space. Uh, we've got, we've got kind of four areas that we focus in one is the online membership that's a group of men online where we offer courses we offer private community men only spaces where you can chat and share stories and kind of we've kind of created a space to to increase that and facilitate that vulnerability that we're looking for um we're we're trying to do work in the community through um through clubhouse chats i mean it's tough now because covid and there's events but events are going to be a big thing of what men's league is Again, creating that space, creating that space and, and just raising awareness to, to the things that guys don't normally talk about. Um, we've got a podcast. We've got a mental health resource library that's built online. Um, and, and, uh, and we offer coaching. Like we've linked with a couple of coaches in and around the city uh, that have helped us build not only the courses within Men's League, but now, you know, that offer services to the men's league community to help them go through specifics and that was really important to us making sure that we had professionals on on board with the team as we're building so through all those different areas we we again we're just creating awareness creating spaces for guys to be vulnerable i think is the main takeaway for what men's league is yeah and i think that's a great initiative because i could relate myself like you know kind of getting into my 30s uh becoming a father and all that stuff like there were you know, I was kind of like, yeah, I enjoyed hanging out with the boys and, you know, sitting in the locker room, shooting the shit or, or just going to a pub or whatever. But what I was missing in my life was being able to have those vulnerable and deep conversations with other men. And, you know, I did struggle at times because it was like, am I the only one that feels this way? Am I the only one who needs this outlet? Uh, just being able to speak with other men. And I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing this because it's needed more and more. And, and more friends that I have that have started opening up, they feel comfortable now sharing their own struggles or issues and, and asking for help. So I think 
the more we normalize it, the better it gets for for everyone who who's out there, uh, just looking for for an outlet or or an avenue to have these conversations. Exactly, exactly, man. And and I guess Fabian, for you, you mentioned that this is very personal. Um, like, do you mind sharing some of like where this uh, initiative for you gets to that personal level? Yeah, man. Um... Well, I, yeah, I mean, I always, I, I talk about the story so much in my day to day and everyone I meet, but like, yeah, I, I mean, the story in men's league to me comes from loss and regret. That's, that's really what it comes down to. 2019 was a crazy year. Uh, I literally could talk about this for three hours, but I'll, I'll try to give you my most condensed version of it. Um, yeah, I'm a very reflective guy by nature and uh, three close people to me passed away within the year. So I always felt like I was constantly in this state of reflection. You know, I, a person would pass away and it would be two or three months. And I, you know, I think I'm a logical guy, I'm digesting it, I'm grieving, I'm thinking, okay, I'm processing. And then another guy passed away. And literally I'm in the same spot in, this, in my bed on like the same day. It's always a Sunday, I'm finding out someone's calling me or texting me and this, this and this happened. And, and, you know, I just, you, you, when someone dies, it's so final and you just, you just don't believe it at first. And, and it's not until I go to the funeral that it really hits me. And I just constantly was going to these funerals, watching all of these people come to celebrate these lives with these guys who had actually done something above themselves. You know, it, it wasn't, and not to say anyone else that's passed away didn't do something, but these guys in specific, the impact that they had on, on above themselves and to a community was just so apparent. Uh, I've always prided myself on having a certain skill set of being able to talk to people. I love people and relate to people, but I started questioning, you know, what am I doing with my natural skill set to really help people? to do, make a difference. You know, yeah, I've coached kids basketball and I've helped some guys that I've coached, but am I, what am I in my day-to-day? -day? Am I really, am I using and utilizing my skill set? So, you know, you start going through all these funerals and seeing the impact and you start having regrets of not, you know, saying something to a guy or not doing something. And, mm -hmm. and, and I got to watch, like the first guy that passed away was in kind of an older friend to me, but in my cousin's group and, you know, watching his friends who I'm also really close with like older than me like 40 year olds like break down and cry in my arms mm -hmm. and they're angry they're angry that they didn't know he had cancer he didn't tell anybody and he wanted to carry that cross on his own and seeing how it affected them and just the pain and the anger and watching a full-grown man break down like that it was just I started questioning you know well why did he not share it you know and and if he had like you know what kind of support would guys be able to give, you know, it, it was, a, it was just a bunch of regret in that sense. And you know, at the same time I'm going through a divorce, mm -hmm. I'm going through my own personal things. And like at the end of the year, I, I start having these panic attacks. I'm literally seven or eight times in a row where I'm losing breath. It feels like I'm having a heart attack and I'm dropping to the floor and to my knees mm -hmm. as a full grown man who's logical. And I'm like, what is going on here? And, you know, at a certain stage, you just, you go, okay, like, maybe I need to talk to somebody, maybe I need to do something about this. And it, it's just, it's crazy to me because I'm such an emoteful kind of guy and I wasn't talking to anyone. So then I started questioning, well, what are other guys doing? And, and Derek brought it up. I mean, 
you bring up ideas and stuff around people. You never know how it's going to go. And on New Year's, especially, I mean, there's been a million businesses started on New Year's and I don't know how many of them actually ever actually get (laughs) off the tracks. uh, And, you know, testament to Derek, like, you know, if it wasn't for him, I don't know where this movement would have been. You know, I'm a big ideas guy, but, you know, at sometimes I need someone with a little bit more tangible push to execute. And I, I, I really don't know if it would have developed into more than what it was if it wasn't for Derek. And, and the last thing I, I'd kind of say on it is when this started, man, I, I thought it was just going to be an event. Like we were going to throw a men's league event and bring in a speaker, you know, have some nice food, have a DJ, kind of make it cool and, and, and hope that guys would leave that event, go back to their jobs, go back to their circle of friends and just feel different, you know, feel like it's okay to share, you know, my one of my biggest takeaways in life is you how many presentations have we seen in our lives growing up they bring up someone who's been in an accident and who's driving and drinking and they're like don't do it and that next three days everyone's like that's so crazy like i'll never do it and then as time like goes on to goes on goes on months and years go on you might have some drinks and go and just because you're farther away from that moment that really took you so to me men's league and what it was originally supposed to be is to be a reoccurring moment to get men to realize, hey, we're not, we're not, we're not being vulnerable, and we are carrying around a lot of stress on our shoulders mm-hmm. for no reason, just because society's told us that for however many years, and like that shit, like it just needs to stop. Like, there's too many statistics I could sit here and spit off to you about how we're doing poorly as men, mm-hmm. and if it was a specific country that was doing these poor things, we would have already roped them off and said no one's traveling there, but because it's men. We just don't do anything about it. So yeah, I'm passionate about it because there's personal stories, personal loss and personal stuff I've seen. And I got to that point. Uh, and I'm also passionate about it because I think I have a skill set to help. So I think that's, that's, that's kind of my, my angle. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, uh, one of the things you mentioned was kind of how were you using your skill sets uh, to, to make a difference. Right. And I think having that, a point in your life where you, where you start questioning what am I doing is it opens up your eyes too right and and I've kind of experienced that myself and a lot of it has to do with the birth of my son but kind of like sitting there and wondering okay what am I doing like I work an oil and gas job but how is that making this world a better place for my son to grow up in right and and I think for me also in this space, it's being able to, to make a difference in, in the lives of other people, uh, specifically men. And I think uh, a lot of the things we, we go through, whether it's divorce or loss, we don't really have that space to, to be able to talk about it. And maybe it's something we do to ourselves or it's just the way society's kind of dictated things for us. And you're right, like I think at some point that narrative needs to change. Um, but I think for the purposes of like what we're talking about today, you know, and, and I've explored that quite a bit with a, a lot of other guests, but why is it so hard for men to ask for help? Is that something we've created in our own heads or it's just the way things are outside of us? Who do you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I, I just want to get the perspective from, from both of you uh, individually, because, because I have my own perspective on it, but 
at the end of the day, it doesn't make it right, but it's interesting to, because because the perspective and the reason behind it can also make a huge difference, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I have thoughts, but Derek, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll quickly dive in, I guess. Um, it, it, I think it, it stems around a couple of things. I mean, my first, my first thought goes to ego. I think that's a big one that, that, that guys have inherently have this, this ego about them and whether it's testosterone based or not, I'm not too sure, but like there is, there is this macho kind of man in the world that, that carries this carries this opinion that sharing is weak and, and talking mm-hmm. about things are weak. And that, I think that stems a lot from ego, but I, that's not the only reason. Like I'm, it's a very good question. I I'm thinking about it for myself and, you know, I've been through um, I, I say I've been through two divorces, but I've been married once, but my parents got went through a very, very ugly divorce mm-hmm. when I was 10 years old. And so that, that if that has a major impact on on my life and and I um, as a result of that I moved away from my father when I was eleven years old or twelve years old um, and so I think part of me like not just thinking back like there was a big chunk of my life teenage years where I didn't have a father figure and I didn't really trust any of them and I I couldn't really you know like if there was a coach or a teacher or somebody or an uncle. Uh, my uncle stepped in and did a fantastic job, but it only to a point, right? And there just wasn't that around. And I think that even to this day, I'm still learning that I'm carrying things and going through things and learning things that I probably should have been dealing with over the last 10, 15 years of my life since that had since that move had happened, right? Since that break from my father. So a um, couple of different perspectives there. So Fabian, how about you? How are you feeling? Yeah, and like honestly, I, I think it comes down to just human need and kind of what we're taught growing up. Like you're the sum of your environment a lot of the time, right? Like if you're around a lot of people who like to play video games, you play video games, that's your group of people, that becomes your norm. That's if you're a workout person, if you're a sports guy and you've been playing. I think we from the beginning, we want to belong to the cool group, you know, the alpha group. And the alpha has always been portrayed as the manly man. There's never, and maybe recently, but when we were growing up, they weren't portraying the soft, vulnerable guy as the cool guy. So acting like that in school, acting like that in your friend groups was never, I mean, like, and I'll move it forward to today. When I, when we created Men's League, I'll never forget it. One of our first posts, one of our best friends made fun of it, like the first post. And I was like, bro, help me help you. Okay. Like yeah. you're killing me here. And, and, and on another note, Derek and I created this, ask me how hard it was for us to put out our first videos, our first man talk monies. Mm-hmm. We believe in the cause we created the company and it was challenging. It is really challenging. I can't tell you how many copious amounts of men have told me this idea is amazing. This idea is sick. And I'm like, all right, bro, I need you to help me out and send me a man talk Monday video. They're like, okay, but you know, like I like helping from afar. I like, you know, cause it, even though we're moving in a direction where this is becoming more acceptable, there is still a little bit where you're worried about your ego. You're worried about being soft. And I don't blame the guys for feeling that way. It's going to take time. It is. 
but like ultimately i th i think that's what it comes down to like we touched on ego to start this to me it really is us being able to put that aside we need the alpha males to make this cool so all the guys that are worried about putting themselves out there because they don't want that to affect you're the one i need like that's the problem and I, I don't know if that's everything, but that's that's what I see organically as I'm talking to guys as an out there. And I went through it, as I mentioned, like Derek and I literally, literally lived it and went through it. It's challenging and it's hard because even us organically, we have always wanted to be in that cool alpha male group as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think and I think one of the things that I've I've loved about life is that I was lucky enough that I, I grew up a second brother, but very close to my brother, but it kind of forced me to play second fiddle a lot. Like when we played Batman and Robin, I didn't get to be Batman a lot. I had to pick Robin, you know, and someone had to be the supportive superhero. I had to sit back and I had to watch a lot. And I think because of that, like I did a lot of things on both sides. I was a nerd, man. I played the video games. I played magic cards, but I was on all the sports teams. I went to all the parties. I got to see the perspective of both sides. So sure, I'm cool. Let's call me a loser. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it because I've got a good network of people that know who I am, know what I'm about, and I'm not worried about it. But mm -hmm. like I said before, even Derek and I, there are moments where we were <laughs> not feeling so com comfortable, you know? Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Well, I, I mean, to your points, I think, um, you know, growing up like you said like you know the media made alpha males like they got all the girls right and like that's kind of the image you see and so why would you want to be something else <laughs> right and and i i think you know i, I agree with you guys it is ego and, and part of it for me uh like fabian you touched on it a little bit is is the environment we grow in grow up in is and that behavior of being vulnerable or or expressing your emotions wasn't role modeled um, it wasn't role modeled by my dad. It wasn't role modeled by uh, my uncles or other men I kind of grew up around. Um, so naturally, it was just something I didn't know how to do, even though I knew I needed to do it. And, and like you said, uh, it's the alpha males we need, but I think it's those guys that also need to do this the most because they are the ones who are struggling, I think, the most because they've created this uh perception of themselves of being you know the 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 a real man who doesn't come across as weak by speaking his feelings or expressing himself so uh i i do agree it is all about ego um but i also think it hasn't been role modeled and until recently you know men weren't really encouraged to to talk about their feelings you know and and i remember i think for me the one of the biggest catalysts of kind of coming into this field was kind of going through a divorce and just going to work and pretending like everything was okay. And, and anytime I tried opening up, people didn't really have the time for it, whether it was, you know, I think it was mostly their own issues because they didn't feel comfortable with someone else being that vulnerable and open. But for me, it was that realization that I'm not the only one who's struggling with this. I'm not the only one who's gone through this. But for some reason, you know, you kind of get isolated and, and how can I myself help other men who are going through similar situations? Man, I think you hit that off, like you hit that off right off the head, man. That's, 
It's true. We haven't been, we haven't been shown how to do this. And I think that, you know, it'll be a generational change. Uh, and hopefully it's our generation that's making that change. I think that it's, um, it's important for us to show our sons, our nephews, our brothers, whatever they are, that it's okay to be vulnerable. Right. And I think that's where you're seeing the major shift. Um, it, and it, I, I can relate to your story. I, I, I went through a divorce as well, working in oil and gas, and I will never forget this day. I walked into my boss's office and like, you could, I guarantee I, I was there. He was there. You could feel it. You could sense my energy. Like I was completely overwhelmed on the brink of tears. Uh, it was Valentine's day. And I walked into his office and I said, I could barely even spit the words out. I was like, I got to go. And he just looked at me and said, okay, that was it. Never followed up on it. Never, you know, never closed the door and said, Hey, take a seat. Like what's going on. I can mm -hmm. see like, you. Can, there, there's no way you could tell me you couldn't see that there was something that was on my face. I don't hide my emotions well. And, and it was just that exact opportunity. I feel like since that moment and since a couple, that moment and a few other moments as I was growing up and, you know, becoming more of a, of a mature man, I realized that I wanted to help other men and I realized that I was, but I just hadn't really figured out how to, you know, I was, I was having conversations. I was open to that kind of stuff, but never, never in like an official manner. I kind of just beat around the bush and, you know, sneakily ask them, ask them, ask the guys out for beers. And, and like, I start to bring up topics, but obviously they would be shut down and I would just leave it alone. So it, I think, even that transition and, and having these, having other men alpha or not alpha or not come in and help and start stimulating those conversations is going to go a long way. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And I think it starts with your kind of circle of influence, right? And um, I think for me, what I've tried to do is even within my network of friends, just making it normal, right? Sharing my feelings or if they're struggling, checking up on them and just normalizing that hey let's check in on each other we're here for each other let's talk about it and then hopefully you can kind of spread that message across for everyone definitely yeah man it's it's crazy how society has all of these things about life like you need to date someone and you need to get married at a certain age. You need to have the house with the white picket fence and then you have to have a family. And anyone that's not in those boxes feels this ornate pressure of you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And you, you brought up something that obviously the three of us share in common, oil and gas, divorce. I don't think this is, it's not, we're not suggesting all gas and oil and gas <laughs> divorces. It just so happens that the three guys on this show are oil, but like, it's just interesting how we have, even myself, like the guilt and disappointment I felt from having to go through that. And again, that to me, that comes from everything we've been exposed to our whole lives. Like two people that think they make a decision, you do, my, a smart man once said to me, you do the best with what you have at that time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no one, we didn't go into these relationships thinking, oh, you're going to get a divorce. But should you, should you force it just because you did it, you know, just because society tells you that you're not supposed to, like, you shouldn't be victimized and it shouldn't be a negative thing if you get to that point 
you've matured, you've changed, and for some reason it doesn't work with that partner and you need to make that decision. Whoever made that made up that it's such a shun and you should be shunned. Like I, Derek shouldn't have felt the way he felt. You probably shouldn't have felt, mm -hmm. I shouldn't have felt the way I felt. My divorce was amicable. And I still for months sat here in this condo and, and thought, man, like who you look at all your, you start comparing yourself. You start thinking about where you are in life, what you've accomplished, where other people are. Mm -hmm. You start thinking about the things you wanted and will you ever get it? You know, will you ever find that, you know, what you're really looking for you're starting over you're in your mid 30s like it's crazy man like we all are organically completely different individuals there's not mm -hmm. one thing that's the same about us we sometimes go to the same areas same schools maybe same religion but ultimately each person is so different even within a family yet we all have this one cookie cut vision of what life is every single one of us is going to be living it differently but that's not how we approach it. That's not how society approaches us as people. It's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I think part of it is also, you kind of start feeling like you've got like baggage now, right? So oh, this guy's divorced, uh, especially in my culture. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> but it, it's, you know, it kind of deters you from like, even like making that decision. Cause you're like, well, what's going to happen? Like, who's, who's going to be on my side? Uh, and like you said, you end up forcing it. And, and I kind of forced it for a few years because I was scared of the consequences that were kind of spelled out for me in the background. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, you, we have to empower everyone, whether it's men or women to, to choose happiness um, and, and choose themselves, but be also be supportive when people do make those choices, right? And not turn our backs on them. Yeah, women are getting it too, right? Like it's like society, like women are facing a, a huge pressure too. They've got, they've got, they've got their own whole swag of pressure. Obviously, mensly we're focusing on men, and that's where we feel more comfortable in our space, trying to help mm -hmm. right now in, in this current moment. But man, don't think for a second we don't acknowledge uh, all the pressure on the other side of the coin. So like yeah, for sure, for sure, and and youth in total, like women, men, and youth are all feeling a pressure. Um, and I don't think social media has helped it at all. <laughs> I mean, I think lately you're seeing a lot of positive stuff now happening on social media, but there was a while there where I think there was a lot of negativity, a lot of, you know, shaming a lot of, and you're right. I think one of the most important things we can do as people, your power as a person is to accept people when they're trying to be vulnerable, you know, not making fun of people, you know, empowering them encouraging them and thanking them for being vulnerable and stepping outside of their comfort zone. Like that's what every single person listening to this podcast in the world can do right now. You know? Yeah, you absolutely. Do, but yeah. It's a big, it's a big part of it. It's a big part of creating space for others. You know, like that's something that people don't necessarily understand. That's a big ask, especially during crazy times. It or, or, or normal, normal times, but especially these days, like being able to create space to focus on someone else and help and help them go through whatever it is, whether it's a wife, a mother, a father, a brother, whatever, it, it, creating that space to allow somebody to be vulnerable and for you to be genuinely there is is a challenge in itself. So it's like we're, we're fighting a two-edged sword here, right? It's yeah. like, hey, you need person A to be vulnerable, but you need people to be accepting of that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think Fabian touched on it. Like if we can like thank people for sharing their stories or, or, you know, it, encouraging them, it just, 
makes them want to do it even more. And what I found is the more I'm able to talk about a certain situation that's been stigmatized, like divorce, it becomes more normal. And for me, it's not an issue anymore. I, I don't feel I have negative uh, feelings to it. I'm more like, okay, it was a, uh, it wasn't a great experience. I took these lessons. Now I know diff to what I need to do differently going into the future. But there's no negative aspect to it. I'm not shying away from talking about it. I'm not keeping it a secret because people have helped me normalize it. And I know, I know Fabian will agree with this, but every for our Man Talk initiative, our Man Talk Monday initiative that we do on our Instagram, um, it's basically for the listeners. It's men be sharing a video, uh, being vulnerable on a certain topic, and every single one of the men so far that have done it have thanked us, and they have felt the weight come off their chest. They have it lessened the pressure around that around that they put on themselves. It, it's it's literally like we are asking for it but it ends up being such a gift to that person that, that they are, they are able to do it and share that story and, and become vulnerable. So it's, it's, it's important for people to know that too. Like talking about it really does help you, even though it seems so difficult, it will really, really help your personal state. Yeah, no. And I appreciate that. Like I, I did one couple of weeks ago um, and and then I shared it with my buddies and it was kind of my way of saying, Hey guys, I need help. Um, but yeah. they did like watch it and reached out to me and they're like, dude, like you should just feel free to call us like anytime. Like if that's what you're going through, like we didn't even know. So I think, yeah, it is a gift for everyone. I think even for my friends included, knowing that I'm kind of looking for help and because everyone wants to help at the end of the day, right? You don't want to see someone in pain or suffering. So it's, it's being able to ask for help and then give it. And I think that's how you kind of like just build that momentum. Yeah. But you know, it's crazy. Like, and just to go back to one of the struggles, first of all, I want to echo what Derek said. I think the most valuable thing and the most rewarding thing that has come from men's league has been those messages from guys thanking us for the space. Like there really is nothing that feels sometimes you're not sure if what you're doing is really helping. You don't really know if the direction you're going is doing anything. And then you get a message like that and you're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. So, but like, yeah, like it's, it's, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. Life is crazy. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you guys about was really what direction do you guys want to take this in? And I know you talked about some of the ideas you have, some of the initiatives and, and with post COVID, you're going to have events, but ideally, where do you see this going? And, and do you plan on keeping this local within Calgary or kind of spreading this, you know, whether it's nationally or even globally at some point, but where do you see this initiative, like kind of going? Uh, looks like Fabian's answering this one. <laughs> Derek loves the point when there's no visuals on. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, well, I'll, I'll try and cover some of it. That was a very big question, my man. <laughs> as far as the vision, yeah, I think at, when Derek and I talked about this concept, we want to help men everywhere. This is not, it is a Calgary initiative right now because we don't want to run before we learn how to walk. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to make sure we take care of the grassroots here and develop the program here and test out some things here and 
and yeah, at some stage, we would love to have this in Edmonton, love to have it in Vancouver, love to have it in Saskatoon, love to have it in Toronto, Montreal. Let's get to some of these major cities in Canada. Let's make it a Canada-wide thing. And yes, after that, we want to go to the States. I think men are struggling with this similar type of thing everywhere. So yes, long-term vision. When we created the idea, it was with an international global look. Um, but we also understand that there's steps in between and, and we want to make sure we do this properly. Um, and there's lots of stuff that we still need to try and test out and see how it looks and make sure it's done the right way, branded the right way at this right quality level that we want it at. So um, that's kind of the long-term view. Uh, I think from a smaller spec, I think Derek talked touched on most of it. We, we've been learning a lot through this process of creating this. As I mentioned before, it started off of an event and we haven't even thrown an event yet. And now we've, we've gone back and made this membership and we've had to restructure, well, what are we actually doing? Like what is men's league at its core root? Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of learning between Derek and I on trying to figure that out perfectly. Um, and I, I think we, we feel very comfortable on the direction it is now. So as Derek mentioned before, uh, the way we see men's league breaking out is, is through our membership, community, coaching, and resources, right? So we want to help men get 1% better and move the dial, feel more vulnerable, become better in whatever way that that feels like to them. Uh, and we want, and the, the tools that we've created through those four things I just mentioned, I think there's going to be value in one of those things for at least any kind of guy. And that's kind of where we've started. Um, hopefully in a year from now, we're able to talk again and we're able to touch back on some of the things we've created and whatnot. Obviously right now you've got like 80% of, of community out and you've got like 30% or 40% of the resources. And we, we don't have all of the pieces moving like a perfect engine yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's also the exciting part. So Derek, I don't know if I missed a ton of stuff on that little answer, but that would be well, my... Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry to interrupt you there. Um, I can just double down on a couple of those things. I think the three big things for me is the membership, like that online community that we've built is special and some of the work that's going on in there and some of the offerings that we have, I would, I'm excited to see that grow because especially in today's day, um, the platform is fantastic and it allows men to, to get in there and to meet other men and to, um, do some self work and reflection and things that, that, that just start, like Fabian said, to move the dial. So I think that that online membership is, is a big part of, of where we see growth. I think the second is in the community and that, that does entail a few different things, but it does entail the events and whether it's a, um, a bigger kind of more formal setting in our speaker series or a smaller, more frequently casual groups of smaller guys, so like, you know, eight guys, 10 guys doing a social gathering of some sort. I think, I think that's, where we're kind of, we're both kind of chomping at the bit. Like Fabian said, it was the original vision of that. And basically two months into planning this whole thing, it was like, boom, shut down. And not to use COVID as an excuse, but we definitely pivoted away from the in-person events because again, we do have a standard that we want to, we want to carry with those events. So uh, something that we're, we're, we're again, excited on, I think will make a big difference is the events. And then the third thing is a little sneak peek, I guess is, and it's something that, all three of us uh, have touched on here is the corporate world. Um, mm -hmm. 
I think that there's, there's opportunity for men's league to get in. And obviously the three of us can, we share many stories and experiences while being there, especially in this city within oil and gas. Um, I think there's opportunity for growth there as well. So that's something that we're, we're diving into and, and hope to see some, some significant developments in here in the, in the near future. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a huge area that needs help from my perspective, uh, especially in the current environment too, right? I think we tend to forget how stressful working in corporate jobs, like how stressful it is right now, especially with job security uh, coming out of COVID or, or even before COVID, uh, you know, I knew people just stressed out. Uh, a lot of men specifically yep. just yep. being just worried about their jobs and stuff like that. And that creates a lot of stress and there's no resources or tools available for them to pull on. I mean, you know, there are, there is the ERP, but I don't think that's um, sufficient in my mind. Um, I've tried to pull on it and, and it's not sufficient. So I think there is a need beyond that for, for people that are struggling with the other stressors at, at work. Yeah. And it doesn't like, even when you think about it, I mean, we all relate to oil and gas, but you think of the stress on the finance industry right now. I mean, that is massive mm -hmm. um, tech industry. I mean that the pressures around that of the software developers and growth and rapid growth and acceleration. I mean, it's just, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of, you know, it, it, it leaps from industry to industry, the need for, for this kind of support. So that's something that we're excited to continue to develop. Well, and one of the, one of the key things you'll notice in all of those, we're, we're, what we're really talking about is financial stresses, mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of your job is related to financial stress. And I think when Derek and I were trying to figure out tangible ways to help men, when we were creating that membership, that's where we tried to focus is, you know, we'd, we identified physical, financial and relationships and those are the, the key things that we focus on within the membership to try and help men dial in, you know, how are you managing your finances? You know, how are you, how are you planning for the future? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a 35 year old who wasn't doing a lot of the things that we're teaching in men's league until now. And, and the question is why, you know, to, uh, we, Derek and I, I've talked about this a million times with a lot of different financial guys. And I'm like, this should be what they're teaching you in grade 10, 11, 12 every year. Again, they should be like, remember what we learned last year? They'd be like, well, I kind of remember. No, you haven't learned it. Let's go over it again. It's that important. <laughs> it really is that important. Like, it's crazy that we don't, I know they probably touch on it in school, but it's not touched on enough. Like too many people are going into their thirties and are lacking savings yeah. or lacking a retirement plan or they're lacking an emergency fund. You know, there's so many things that we should all be doing that would, would alleviate some of the stress if we knew how to organize our stuff better. So, yeah. you know, and, and same with physical, like those were three passionate things that we looked at internally and said, these are all things that we're relatively, we relatively successful guys. We have good jobs, but we struggle with all three of these things. Mm -hmm. So if we're struggling with this, maybe other guys are too. So yeah, I just wanted yeah. to point that out. Yeah, and I think the financial stress also leads to other things, right? It can kind of cause distress in your relationship. It could cause, uh, you know, it can impact your physical health and obviously your mental health. So, so I I do agree. Those are things we need to be teaching uh, people in school, like kids in school, you know, how to manage your finances, but also how to manage stress at a mental health level, and and obviously that. Uh, 
I mean, there's a lot of talk about it, about making it part of the curriculum, but it, we still have a long ways to go. And, and I think it's amazing that you guys have identified that and, and are looking to help. Uh, again, you know, the space you guys are working in is specifically for men and, and helping um, men kind of figure that out. So I, I think that's great. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm super excited to hear all the work you guys are doing. I'm looking forward to what things are going to shape up uh, to be in the future for you guys. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to thank you both for coming on here and taking the time to have this conversation. Um, you know, again, amazing work and, and it's inspiring a lot of people. You know, we talked about offline, even the Man Talk Monday. I'm starting to see people that I've seen on Instagram do their video and connecting with them so I think the the impact is there um, and I guess for people that want to get a hold of you guys whether it's online uh, social media be a part of the the men's league community uh, what are some of the ways they can do that well our first yeah our main website is uh, www.mensleague.com um, and that's that's where you'll find kind of the overarching everything yeah. um uh with the with the membership being aside that's on a different platform but mensleague.com uh at men's league on uh instagram we've got a linkedin account men's league and uh you can email me derek d-e-r-e-k at mensleague.com if you want to send me an email dms work on the instagram you name it private messages on linkedin just reach out we're, we're on those platforms pretty much every day Cool. No, that's, that's great. Uh, again, thank you very much for coming on here. And, uh, you know, I look forward to speaking with you guys again in the future. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. Really appreciate this. Well, that's the end of the episode. Thank you again for tuning in as always, please leave a five-star review and until next week. <laughs>